0: listeners to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host Chuck Peters and we are recording this episode here at the Etch Family Ministry Conference in Nashville. It is October as we sit here recording and we don't know right now when you'll be listening but we know when we're recording. So it is October, it's fall in Nashville, it's a beautiful time to be here And if you are not at the Etch Conference, we would invite you to come next year because there's such great things that happen. One of those things is that you get to interact with other people like you, uh, others who are on the front lines of ministry, whether that be preschool kids or student ministry leaders in their teams. You can come together with your team and grow together and and strategize together about uh, your collective ministry, and you can rub elbows with thought leaders in kids' ministry. And so one of the things that I love best about the Etch Conference is that I get to sit with our friends who are thought leaders who are helping lead the way and shape our thinking and, and training us up as leaders in the church. Today I'm with our friends Shane, Dr. Shane and Jennifer Garrison and we're so glad to have you back again. It's been a little while since we've had you so welcome both of you. Thank you so much for having us. And now for those of you who don't know the Garrison, Shane and Jennifer both serve as part of the Campbellsville University School of Theology faculty. Shane uh, in educational ministries and Jennifer in marriage and family. They've been married for 15 years. They've got a couple sons who are here with them at the event and uh, we just love having you here. So thank you for coming. It's an honor, thank you. We appreciate you leading breakout sessions and spending time interacting with people. So we're gonna talk for just 10 or 15 minutes here on the podcast, but for those listeners out there who want more of you, they can come back next year, and they can spend a whole hour with you, and then maybe track you down afterwards and ask you questions. Oh, we would love to that. Follow us, yeah, certainly. So we'll just get to scratch the surface. Today we're going to be talking about six going on sixteen, this uh, age compression among kids, and that sounds like there's some deep stuff in there. So we're gonna we're gonna want to get to that. But before we get there. Let's talk about the two of you when you were each six, <laughs> when you were six, or ish, you know, six-ish. When you were little, did you have uh, a favorite thing that you liked to have as a snack when you got home from school? Did you Were, were you health food kids, or were you looking for the... Twinkies. What what was your favorite snack? Did you have one?
1: I I think when I came home from school I think I just ate whatever I could find. I was a hungry kid when I got home from school. (laughs) Did your mom
0: make you a snack or did you fend for yourself? No
1: I I had to fend for myself. Yes I was uh, taking care of myself for a couple hours after school. So
2: yeah I'm I love peanut butter and jelly, and, and still to this day, a little extra crunchy peanut butter and jelly. Oh, they're sandwich. crunchy! Oh, you gotta you have know, extra
0: crunchy. That's that thing. Yes, you see it on the <laughs> shelf, and every now and then you grab for the creamy, and you wind up with crunchy. No, that's wrong. You <laughs> see, there's an issue. I see we have a little divide. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, but you, so do you have two jars of peanut butter at home?
1: We do. And the,
0: you
2: do. You have to. Okay, so you're one of those rare crunchy people. Oh, yeah, got to have it. And and I had an older brother, and he was just a couple years older. And so uh, he was just a, a macaroni and cheese kind of craft, out of the box, any time of day, afternoons, evenings, weekends. And so along with that peanut butter and jelly, my mind goes to out-of-the-box craft macaroni and cheese. Oh, that's the best kind. I, I agree. Yeah, a, the cheesy mac. So <laughs> how,
0: how about... Um, How about pets? Did you have a pet when you were young? Jennifer, tell us about one of your pets. We had a a
1: variety of pets, but one of my very favorite pets was a little puppy dog. And uh, he thought he was human and he wanted to come in the house with us. And he did what we did. And he was a rascal, rascal of a dog. He is. What was his name? His name was Browzo. Okay. Weird dog name I know. Browzo. Don't even know how that happened, but uh, he was our favorite pet of all time.
0: And what kind of dog was he, do you he recall? He was a
1: mutt of all mutts. Just a mutt. God rest his soul, yes. see? Browser the mutt. <laughs> That's the right. The rascally
2: mutt. Nice. Shane, how about you? Pets? I, I hate to say this on the podcast. I'm not a pet guy. Really? Which is... In, see, this is why we ask these deep uh, probing questions. I know. In, in the world we live in today, to say that is is like you don't like people. But okay, no, so this didn't have a lot of pets... In the house, outside. just We weren't a real pet family.
0: Yeah. Now, did you have a bad experience with a
2: pet? No. My, my, that again, caused you to I, be non-pet, to be anti-pet? I mentioned my older brother. He loved to rescue pets, which meant we had them at times, but they just were never my responsibility or my pet. I could have dealt without them. But even in our own home now, yes. our sons have, have two cats. Okay. And it's because their mother demanded that they because have a pet heart. they need a pet these <laughs> pets are the good pets. for kids
1: it has added to our little family
0: <laughs> think about how much more nurturing shane could have been it, it had he had a, a hamster future, you know what he be. was a uh,
2: hamster that just makes me think fluffy rat i don't i don't have a love <laughs> and for that's about <laughs> right that's about right you got know, i had a couple of hamsters as
0: a kid and they were kind of fluffy rats yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Well, you know, now that we've gotten this front matter out of the mm-hmm. way, let's get to the topic of the day. So six going on 16. I, I mean, we all kind of know right away what that means. Kids are maturing faster. They're, they're moving towards adolescence faster. Uh, things that used to, they didn't have to deal with uh, in terms of issues until they were older. Now we're having to do things. That we're youth ministry kind of things are now in children's ministry. Uh, the issues we deal with. So uh, as the culture pushes our kids to grow up faster, to you know, to dress more provocatively, to be many adults by the age of ten. How can we help our kids be kids? Help our t- let our teens be teens? Uh, and so as we talk about this, set it up first of all. Uh, is this the right expectation? Our, yes, I mean, our kids. absolutely. They're just growing up faster.
1: Growing up faster. And while we look at this and think this is a new phenomenon, it's really not. Mm. Um I think sometimes parents come to this in a panic. My kid's growing up too fast and this is suddenly happening. But it's really nothing new. 25 years ago, a book was written called The Hurried Child. And even then, the author of that text lays out some um, descriptions of kids growing up too fast, educationally being offered too much, too quickly. Uh, and as we know, that has snowballed in our own society, certainly. Um, so kids are growing up quicker. Um, And even as parents, we kind of guide them in that direction. We want them to speak early. We want them to walk early. To read early. We want them to read early. Um, And even small things like that 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 we kind of encourage, as well-meaning as we are, can really direct our kids into some content and experiences that are meant for older children. Mm -hmm. Reading early, for example, means if your child has been reading as a fluent reader from preschool or kindergarten on, they could potentially, by the time they're in second or third grade, be reading (coughs) at a reading level two or three times higher than their age, which means they will potentially be exposed to content that's more mature than what they are prepared to to handle in hopes of keeping that challenge of reading ahead and so we we really uh, speed this up ourselves and we add to it ourselves even as parents Uh, it's not a new phenomenon but it's one that we definitely have to stop and and take pause over at this time simply because the sensuality of the culture Mm. now. Mm.
2: Well I was gonna maybe add that there is a disappearance of childhood that's that's really the the package answer of what this is there's the shrinking or even the disappearance of of childhood parents definitely the school sometimes even church ministry leaders want kids to be more mature than really they should be or they need to be and the the urging them to be more mature in their thinking and their speaking and their actions can lead them to missing out on some of the beauties of just being a kid having those experiences that are supposed to be for children uh we all say things like uh if we don't if we don't watch out we're gonna turn around and they're gonna be 21 or if, you know that old adage that parents say that it, it goes right between it, right before your eyes goes it goes fast
0: it really does yep. but
2: maybe we're in some ways doing some things in our in our families and in our churches that's kind of speeding that up unnecessarily mm. So
0: what's the harm? You know, this is something we, we talk about this in my natural instinct to say, oh, they're growing up so soon, they're missing out. But there may be others who are like, yeah, let them grow up quicker. Why, so, But why is that detrimental?
1: You know, we have this weird paradigm in our families these days uh, wherein our children are growing up too soon, we think, yet they're leaving home later and later. So it's that
0: extended adolescence. It's, it's not just it's, starting you know, sooner, it's ending later.
1: That's right. What yeah. we would even refer to as adult-alescence. It's, yes. it's this time where you are finished with college and, and maybe you've come back home to live with parents for a few years or longer, um, and parents are okay with that because they're paying for your master's or, or whatever mm. that situation is. But on the front end of that, we're asking them to grow up sooner. And so I think, I, I think there's some real dangers uh, on both ends. Um, we need, in God's good design, that time of childhood yeah. to develop and mature and learn who we are and who He is mm-hmm. and what His plan for us mm-hmm. is. And we need that clear, defined time. Um, when our children, uh, for example, turn nine, that needs to be the year of the nine-year-old. We need to embrace every. A nine year old would do Mm. and celebrate childhood rather than shaming it. Many Mm. nine year olds and ten year olds and and different um, children of different ages feel ashamed of wanting to do childish things when in fact they are children because they are by culture uh, assumed to be miniature adults. And so I, I think there can be a danger developmentally there, just as on the other end of the spectrum, staying at home with mom and dad for all these years is putting off the responsibility of becoming a full adult. Um, and so I think we just need to step back and say, culturally, what are we doing here? And is it for our child's best interest? Mm.
0: So we, as we talked a little bit cause and effect, so, so that's some of the effect, but what's the cause? What, I mean, Why is this? You know, you said it's been happening for a long time, but it, does it seem to be happening even more quickly?
1: I think we certainly recognize it uh, in a different way now than what we have in the past. Um, generations previously would have said our children are maturing and they should be maturing. Um, then you look back into the time of uh, Jesus, um, 14-year-olds weren't still getting an education for the most part. They were married. They were and done. so yeah. it is a social construct to some degree. Mm. Um, but. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, we just have to sit back and look at it and say, okay, what are, what are we doing here? Um, what are the harms? What are Would there be any pros to allowing my child to develop too quickly, to allowing my child to put off that responsibility? Uh, I just think that we have to recognize it as we are now, um, seeing that. Um, but at the same time, not doing it in a panic state. Mm. Many parents that I speak with now are really in a panic because their children are exposed to lots of stuff, much sooner and Um, it's coming
0: faster than we are ready for as adults right even if maybe the children there's I guess part of it is that sort of the natural flow of culture that that children have access to technology and to education and they're exposed to different things that uh, you know that maybe we didn't see or learn about at, at such a young age, and but, and they are maturing, I guess that's a loose word, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not ready for that for my 11-year-old, mm-hmm. even if other people's 11-year-olds are there. Yeah. You know, so there's a little bit of a separation between uh, uh, maybe, and, and is that because of our Christian worldview, mm-hmm. you know, that that separates us mm-hmm. uh, from the rest of culture? I
1: think there is a, a, a definite, uh, break between yeah. the Christian worldview and the current trendy, modern, yeah. worldly view of growing up and uh, maturing. Uh, I think that's a good thing. I think we should have a different worldview yeah. as Christian parents um, and Christian ministry leaders, people who are setting out to disciple and grow young people. Who will I, grow I,
0: into adulthood.
1: Yes, we should have a different world view. I would hope that we would take a hard look at scripture, uh, and um, even in the wisdom literature, looking in the Psalms and Proverbs, there's so much there about growing up, um, not grieving your parents, and um, growing up into a healthy person, and um, just lots lots to say there about maturing uh, according to God's good plan. Mm.
0: So what can we do, Shane, and uh, are there
2: things that we can do
0: to help our kids be kids?
2: Well, I think one suggestion I might make is that we do have to be culturally aware and really open our eyes to the speed at which they're moving. Sometimes we can inadvertently move them a little faster than they should, and we just need to be aware. Uh, One thing that that Jennifer and I have been able to experience the last couple of years, our our sons are kind of in that late elementary school, early middle school. For the last couple summers, We've spent time in national parks. Hmm. Now we're not necessarily a a hunting, camping, fishing family, but we've spent some time letting our boys be outside in the natural environment and disconnecting them from every technological device that we can have. You just can't even find a signal out there. But it's let them play with sticks and splash rocks in creeks and uh, try to do the things that that boys should do, and it it kind of hit pause. Yeah, the world's telling them, "Come on, come on, come on!" But there was something about that experience that said, "You can disconnect and actually be an eight-year-old or yeah. be a ten-year-old, and no one's going to judge you. No one's going to look at you oddly." And so I think there is some things that parents and ministry leaders can do in creating some opportunities to just be the age of their age, (laughs) be the age they are. Yeah.
0: So unplugging could be one of those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else? What are some other strategies that we might use as parents or as kids ministry leaders that we might pass along to the families that we serve?
1: I think another very simple strategy is clarifying our language. Mm uh... nowadays we don't have children and teenagers and adults we have lots of other terms for example we have the term tweens T W E E N S, tweens, tweens yes. referring to uh, someone who is eight to twelve years old or a pre-teenager if you will but there's actually now even pre tweens um, anyone under the age of eight uh... and if i'm thinking about allowing my child to do something maybe go to a, a school dance or something um, what he's wearing uh who he's going to be with the environment he's going to be in if i look at him and think that's what tweens do i'm more prone to say you go ahead right if i look at him and everybody's and, doing it yeah and if i, if I look at him and while, say huh? he's a child then i i'm going to make a clearer decision on is this something we should be doing so i think understanding that a child is a child a teenager is a teenager and an adult is an adult of course we can't just throw off that terminology. This is uh, the terminology that educators and psychologists and the world in general use, and so we need to be aware of that. But, but our, our language is dictating to us, to some degree, what we are permitting our kids to do and be involved in. And I think if we thought about it just a little bit differently, we might begin to make different choices as ministry leaders and parents as well.
0: And to some extent, we have to be willing to be different. Because there's so much, especially in young children who are in school, uh, that pressure to conform or to be like everyone else. We we like to talk about at Lifeway Kids about being culture shapers, not being culture shaped, Mm -hmm. and that takes courage. It does. So, are we instilling that?
2: Yes. Yeah. And I think the the more we are aware that this role is important for for parents, for ministry leaders, uh, for other adults in the lives of kids. To just say to the kids, you are allowed to be a child. It's okay to be a kid. It's okay to be young and laugh and be silly because that's what kids do and you're a kid. We don't expect you to be perfectly mature or perfectly uh, put together. It's okay to be a kid. And I think that gives some freedom there to let the age just be as the age is. Mm.
0: Well, Dr. Jennifer Garrison, Dr. Shane Garrison, thank you both so much. We appreciate you being here to to speak and to engage uh, with our attendees and friends who are here uh, as they look for for wise counsel. Thank you for being here to give that, and thank you for speaking with our listeners on the podcast today. Thank you for we having appreciate. us. We appreciate you guys are great friends. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening, and I trust that this issue of uh, Dealing with age compression among kids is one that you will be thoughtful and prayerful about, that you will uh, continue to press in with kids and with families to let kids be kids and teens be teens and let each thing come at its proper time. And we just trust that you'd help your kids to be culture shapers, not culture shaped. Thank you again for listening to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Join us again soon for another episode.